The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 49. Listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you peoples from afar. The Lord welcomed me, called me from the womb. From the body of my mother, he named my name. He made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me a polished arrow. In his quiver, he hid me away. And he said to me, you are my servant, Israel, in whom I will be glorified. But I said, I have labored in vain. I've spent my strength for nothing and vanity. Yet surely my right is with the Lord and my recompense with my God. And now the Lord says, he who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him and that Israel might be gathered to him. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord and my God has become my strength. He says, it is too light a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to bring back the preserved of Israel. I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the redeemer of Israel and his holy one, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. This is the word of the Lord. As you're able, please rise for the reading of the gospel. Our gospel reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 2. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Tonight, we're, uh, we're going to look at what it means for us to know that God has a specific calling, unique calling for each one of us within within the body of Christ, and, uh, and that gets me thinking about dream jobs. Um, I'm guessing that you've all played that little fantasy game, right? Like, what, what would my dream job really be? Like, every time, um, every time we're on a trip, like a road trip, I always think my dream job would be to be an over-the-road trucker. Like, I think not, okay, so maybe I'm alone in this one, all right? I, I'm, I'm gonna go it alone, it's okay. But I always think, like, that'd be awesome. Like, you'd be out on the road, just you in the open road right? And you just miles in front of you and you get to see all kinds of things. And then, and then, you know, like you see a trucker bringing a truck into a major city. And then I'm like, yeah, probably wouldn't be fun. And then I think like miles before you every single day. And I'm like, okay, it would probably be my dream job for like two weeks. And then I'd probably be done with that dream job. 
So I, I keep thinking about what would be my dream job. Probably everybody's dream job is my next one, which is to be a starting pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, <laughs> right? You had to know this was coming, right? And before you start throwing stones at me, remember, your team is out of the playoffs and so is mine. But in one month, pitchers and catchers report. So we, we look forward to those things. And when we do, again, maybe you have the, uh, the success of a starting pitcher. That would be like to take the ball Right, to know your team is depending on you to tow the mound, stare in, and to throw that first pitch. I think that would be outstanding, especially at Fenway Park. All right, again, I'm going, evidently I'm going that one alone. So what, what's more popular? All right, maybe your dream job is to be a pop star. Is that where we're going? Taylor Swift, right? You're trouble, 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 right? right? So I guess you're the only one who's, <laughs> who's going to come close to that tonight. So what, what's your dream job? Whatever it is, I'm guessing that it's something that you think would suit you, right? Something that really interests you. Something that you say, this is, this is something that really grabs hold of me. If I could do that, I could surely change the world. Or at least I'd be really successful. I'd, I'd have all the fame that I wanted. I'd have, I'd have all the fortune that I wanted. I'd have influence with people. I'm guessing no matter what you choose as your dream job when you play that game, you think of yourself doing it really, really well. And you think of the outcome of that thing being fantastic. I'm guessing, I'm guessing you don't think of yourself doing something that really has seemingly not a lot of success. And now I, I'm thinking about this tonight, especially because I'm thinking of the task to which God calls his people. And our reading tonight, as you heard it from Isaiah 49, speaks of the task of one person in particular, a man named Isaiah. Now, Isaiah lived nearly 3,000 years ago, and he had the job of being a prophet. Now, on the, surface, this, on the surface, this is a fantastic job, right? Understand, he's the spokesman for God Almighty. And not only is he the spokesman, he is God's appointed spokesman. And yet his is a rather unenviable task. Now, I'll explain that more in just a second, but stick with me first when you think about this being kind of a dream job. Listen to what Isaiah says about this. Isaiah says, listen to me, O coastlands, and give attention, you disciples, you, you peoples from afar. He is speaking beyond just the nation of Israel to which he is called. And he says this about himself. He says, the Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother, he named my name. The Lord called me from the womb. He has full confidence that from the moment he was conceived and beyond, that God knew him. The moment he was born, God named his name. We might say that God had his eye on Isaiah, and Isaiah has full confidence of this. And then he says this, he made my mouth like a sharp sword. Now, there's a detail here that's seen throughout the scriptures, an indication of what this means. It means that Isaiah is called to speak the words of God. God's word is called a sharp sword. Sometimes it's called a two-edged sword, a sword that cuts both ways. As we see the sword that, that exposes us and exposes our sin, and yet the sword that also defends us against all of the attacks of the world and the devil. Right, that God's word is a two-edged sword. We say law that cuts us to the core, that exposes our sin, and gospel that reminds us that God is for us. It reminds us of his great love and forgiveness. And he says, this is what God has placed in my mouth. 
Isaiah saying, this is what God has called me to do. And then he goes on to explain it even more. He says, he made me like a polished arrow. Like a polished arrow. And I, I think of this specialty item, this, this specific tip that God had crafted, that he had spent time polishing, that it stood out from all the other arrows in the quiver, right? And you think about the time in which he's writing. And you think about the workmanship of a single arrow and of a, a craftsman. There's no stamp that just comes along and makes arrow after arrow after arrow after arrow. No, he says he's a specific one. The craftsman has made him for a unique purpose. And he says both about the sword and about the arrow that God has hidden him away. God's hidden him away until it's the right time. You see, he's a, he's a specific, bear with me for a second, he's a specific weapon. He's one that God knows completely, that God's fashioned and crafted carefully. When the moment is right, that's when God's going to use him. And Isaiah has full confidence in that. I think, I think um, for those of you who are Avengers fans, I think of Hawkeye, right? Hawkeye's the one who's, who's the marksman with the arrows, right? And I think of his specific arrow, and he draws a specific one, and it does exactly what it's supposed to do. Maybe Hawkeye's in my in my thoughts, because Jeremy Renner, the actor who plays him, has just had that horrific accident. You guys with me? Some, some of you also read the news. If not, never mind, let's move on. Just know that it's a specific arrow that he chooses, and each time he does, it does what it's designed to do. That's what Isaiah says about himself. This is his calling. This is what God has called him uniquely to do. And then it says this, you are my servant Israel in whom I will be glorified. That he is the one who stands in for all of Israel. And when he does what he is uniquely called to do, God in heaven is glorified. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds an awful lot like a dream job. To know that God has called you to do it and knows you specifically. To know that God has crafted you to do what you are uniquely able to do. To know that at the right moment, God will place you where you need to be so that you can be successful. That's a dream job. And yet Isaiah's not done describing it. He says this, verse 4, I have labored in vain. I've, sent my, I've spent my strength for nothing and vanity. That doesn't sound like success. Now when I hear him say that, I think, how, how can he possibly say that? How can he possibly say that God's crafted him, called him, put him in this unique place where he's the right person in the right moment, and yet he spent his strength for nothing and vanity. He's labored in vain. Well, we should turn back to Isaiah's calling. That moment when God names his name, the moment when God sets him apart as a polished arrow, it happens in Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah has just seen a vision of the Lord Almighty, high and lifted up. He's seen a vision that includes angels calling out, holy, holy, holy. He's had this amazing moment, and then he hears a voice from heaven. And the voice from heaven says, who will go? Whom shall I send? Who will go for me? And Isaiah says, I will. I will. He answers the call of God, the call directed at him. And when he answers that call, this is how the voice responds to him. He says, go and tell this people, 
make their hearts be, to go and tell this people, excuse me, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull. Make their ears heavy. Make their eyes blind, lest they see and hear, turn and repent. Wait, what? what what's God calling him to do? You see, he heard the call of God, the voice of of the Lord speaking, and he answered that call. He's the polished arrow. He's the one whom God's selecting for the right moment. He's the one named from birth. And what does it mean to say, go and speak to a people who won't hear or perceive? What does it mean to say, go to a people who aren't going to listen or understand, a people whose hearts are hard and calloused? Why would God send the perfect person for that? And you understand why I say that Isaiah is called to an unenviable task. And it should make us reconsider what it means to say something is a dream job. But we dig a little deeper. And we look at the details that Isaiah has given to us in chapter 49. And as we dig deeper into the details, we realize that Isaiah's true calling goes far beyond this moment of time goes far beyond this kingdom of Israel that his own unenviable task is to foreshadow another one. One who would come after him. One whose name was named at birth. One who was chosen from the womb of his mother. One whose task was to go and to declare the word of the Lord. One who was called and named specifically. One who was set apart for a very specific mission. A very unique task. The one in whom the glory of the Lord would be displayed. And now I'll ask for the Sunday school answer. And who is that? Jesus. Yeah, we've just gotten done celebrating all of this. Celebrating the fact that God called Mary apart. The Spirit of the Most High overshadowed her. The holiness of the Lord dwells inside of her. That the baby who is born is one who would be called the Savior of the world. The one whose name is Jesus, which means God saves because he would set his people free from their sins. We, we just celebrated the one who was born at the perfect moment in the fullness of time. The one who was born to do God's specific and unique calling. And yet he wasn't called to do it in the typical way, was he? He was called to be different. He was called to fulfill the words that Isaiah would speak in chapter 53. A servant who would come, who would be lowly and despised, stricken, smitten, afflicted. One from whom men hide their faces. One who is esteemed not. And we will watch Jesus seemingly labor in vain. As the crowds that are gathered to him then flee. As the people who seem closest to him suddenly turn their backs on him. As people who are drawn by the miracles that he performs suddenly turn their backs when he's not a showman who simply is about the fame and the fortune. From an earthly perspective, his mission seems like defeat. For on a Friday, we will find him dying on a cross. Certainly an unenviable task. 
Certainly not a dream job. And yet he was one who was called by God. This was his mission. And so what does this mean for us? What does it mean to put these together and to see that this is how God is glorified? Because that's what the text tells us, that this is actually the glory of God on display. And for us who are Christians, for we who believe, we see in the cross something different. We see God doing the task which no human being could do. We see God doing for his people what they could not do for themselves. We see God setting his people free through this unenviable task of becoming the sacrifice for all humanity. This is the glory of God. This is the calling to return to the Father all who are hard-hearted and spiritually blind, not just through the words of a prophet, but through the Word made flesh. It is an unenviable task and yet one which is completely necessary because the purpose is to overcome sin. All sin. Even ours. And so what's awesome is to continue reading in this passage in Isaiah 49. To continue reading what God said to Isaiah and what is fulfilled in Jesus. The Lord says, verse 5, He who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, and that Israel might be gathered to him, for I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has become my strength. He says, listen, it is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and bring back the preserved of Israel. It's too small a thing that you're going to go to a people who are going to immediately reject you. That's too small a thing. And even if they were all to return, it would still be too small a thing. Because listen, I will make you as a light for the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel and His Holy One, to one deeply despised, abhorred by the nation, the servants of rulers, but kings shall see and arise, princes, and they shall prostrate themselves, lay down and worship before you because of the Lord who is faithful, because the Holy One of Israel who has chosen you. And I love that when he read it, Mike emphasized the word you. You see, this is exactly what Isaiah was called to do. When we listen to the story, it's easy for us to think that Isaiah has been overcome. It's easy for us to think that Jesus has been a failure. But on the contrary, what we see instead is that the mission of God pales in comparison to what we think of as success. Instead, God has chosen his own. God has chosen Isaiah so that he might be the voice the one who would speak of what Jesus would do. And here we are, people at the ends of the earth who are declaring the goodness of our God, who are rejoicing in the salvation which Isaiah foretold, which Jesus enacted. We who are rejoicing in God, the Holy One who has chosen them from birth to be who they were. Why? So that we would know, so that you would know that your sins are forgiven. So that you would know what true success looks like. So that you would know how precious you are to God. And so all this passage then flips on its head. 
and you would understand that you, you are chosen. For you are called into the family of God in holy baptism, baptized into the name of Jesus Christ, receiving the gifts that he has earned on your behalf, the ones that Isaiah said he would do, that he was stricken, smitten, and afflicted on your behalf so that you are not, so that instead you would know that you are chosen by God. And every time we tell the story, we are reminded of their unenviable tasks. We are reminded that they were called so that we could be chosen. Not to be something we aren't. Not to be a truck driver if you're not, a starting pitcher if you're not, a rock star if you're not. But that you would be called to be you. Not to fame, fortune, and glory. No, to something far greater. To be a child of the living God. And that, brothers and sisters, is what in Jesus Christ you are. He has performed the unenviable task so that you might be chosen since childhood. And so, brothers and sisters, join me this day in praising our God for what he has done for you. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen.